By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. Welcome back to episode two of the Corona Movie Club, and this episode we're talking about Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a 2017 British Christmas zombie musical film. Um, it was directed by John McPhail from a screenplay by Alan McDonald and Ryan McHenry, based on Ryan McHenry's uh, short film, Zombie Musical. Uh, it had a big ensemble cast and is basically like uh, an archetypical high school narrative, um, but also happens to be a zombie musical. Um, that's all you really need to know. Um, you're basically dealing with a sort of like outcast girl and her best friend and the cool boy and another girl who doesn't really fit in and their friends who are sort of a like epic high school couple. Um, then you've got the new headmaster and the main girl's dad, and that's sort of really all the major players. It's a fairly simple film to follow. There's not a lot you need to know, except that we are definitely going to be spoiling it for you. Um, so enjoy our conversation on this episode. We have myself, Kelly Bedard, as well as Laura Hubbard, Susan Bond, and Phil Iver. So I hope you enjoy. Did anyone have any like strong reactions to the movie they want to start off with? Not really. I had a really great time. I did not know what this movie was going to be about or like when I started it. And it <laughs> as a maximalist, it was delightful. There was so much of everything. <laughs> Singing, holidays, zombies. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of movie, I would say. <laughs> yeah. For 90 <laughs> minutes, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. But Phil was just saying this off mic, actually, that it weirdly, um, the characters don't meet a zombie for a while. Like we get a lot of just like, here are the people in their world. It's a slow burn. It takes nearly half an hour for our main characters to encounter their first zombie. Hello, Laura. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, Laura just joined the call, everyone. So we're just going to introduce Hello. her. <laughs> Um, so we were just saying that uh, for a movie that is like a lot at once, um, yeah. like there's a lot in it, uh, it weirdly sort of starts off kind of slow. It takes you a while to get locked into the story. Yeah, no, it would, it would, and they had some bangers, I have to say. Like there was some like catchy songs in this. 
Yeah, I really like the music in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which took me by surprise, actually. I tend to think of these movies as having like fairly simplistic songwriting. Um, yeah. But I actually think that the screenwriting was somewhat simplistic. And then the songwriting was actually fairly complex. You had a lot of sort of overlapping melodies and counterpoint happening, really interesting harmonies, lots of multi-part pieces. Um, anyone else have anything to say about the music? I, I did notice some of the 80s, like the Stranger Things 80s synth. I feel like that's a thing now for <laughs> any just very slightly gory, soapy, like out there, the 80s synth that just sneaks in. There's one song in particular I'd say is guilty of that um, human voice where, where they're singing in the, the bowling alley. Uh, I mm. think it's most egregiously 80s synth, but I'm a big sucker for 80s synth, so I love that song. And actually... Yeah. Roundtable, everyone's favorite song. Human voice over here. I liked Hollywood ending. And then the one where they're like the, the in the, the original iteration of Hollywood ending, I found it a little cheesy at the end where they like brought it full circle and were like, this, what we're doing here is not a Hollywood ending. And in case you haven't put that together, we're going to sing you the song again. But I liked the song the first time I heard it. It was fun, cafeteria song. And then I do also like the one where they're walking through the graveyard and things. Yeah. That was really good. I don't remember what it's called, but it was fun. Turn yeah. my life around. Oh, well, there you go. Bill knows all the songs. <laughs> he owns it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say Hollywood Ending was probably my favorite. It had, the, I think it had the most going on. Yeah. That was fun. It was very catchy. It was, felt like a, like I, just gave me a glee flashbacks in a way. I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing, but those things stuck in your head. So it was, yeah, it was fun. Totally. It was fun. Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. It's going for a rather high school musical or Glee vibe, especially that first half hour, 45 minutes. So, Yeah, but no, Hollywood ending was uh, super catchy. And yeah, I, no, I noticed the 80s synth Stranger Things thing, but I wasn't sad about it. I wasn't sad about it. I thought it was pretty catchy overall. For a zombie Christmas musical, um, it nails the tone, strangely enough, I, I found. Like, <laughs> it has a consistently playful, irrelevant, or irre irre irreverent. Irreverent, <laughs> thank you. Long day. Irreverent, a playful, irreverent tone throughout the whole film, um, even in those more gory moments. It very quickly switches back to the sense of humor, to not taking itself too seriously. Uh, I'm not sure if we're all in agreement on that. That it doesn't take itself too seriously, the zombie Christmas musical? Yeah, <laughs> but it could go off the rails in so many different directions at so many different points of that film. Like if it yeah. took the whole dad story too seriously or the dead mom story too seriously. I will say it did have a couple moments where, yeah, where it took certain things fairly seriously. In that sense, it tonally reminded me a lot of Buffy. Um, and specifically the opposite of the Buffy musical, um, which is extremely earnest and takes its tragedy very seriously, but then is a little bit tongue-in-cheek as well, um, where a lot of that kind of stuff where they were like, we're not taking ourselves too seriously, and it's a send-up of everything, but then also we're going to try and make you cry in like a really genuine way. Um, it did not achieve it, but it definitely tried at certain points. Um, did anyone see the twist with the golden boy's dad coming? The golden boy the, with the, like the kid, mean, like, killing his own kid? Yeah, the I, mean guy. I mean, not really. I wasn't really 
super invested <laughs> in his backstory, to be honest, but like, oh, you killed your dad, that sucks. Yeah. Um, certainly when they, when I, when they planted the like, oh, he's at the base, I thought we were going to get a little bit more of like what that guy's story with his dad was. I was assuming, oh, we put a lot of pressure on him. He's a military dad, blah, blah, blah. But we just get, got nothing. And then, oh, Jesse murdered him. Oh, okay. So I didn't see it coming, but not necessarily for the right reasons. I don't know. Am I being too critical? I really did not like this movie. <laughs> that, yeah. That would, oh, go for it. No, 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 you go. I was just going to say that that's pro the one aspect reflecting upon the film that I would classify or, or characterize as a weakness. That whole him killing his dad bit seems shoehorned in so that we can have the end where she doesn't kill her dad. Mm, yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. It's setting us up for something. And it, it's effectively only there for that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think the most earnest part was the, the grandma the grandma yeah. oh yeah no but that worked for me that was like the totally. one thing oh, totally. yeah. yeah no I know yeah. yeah that was sweet and I liked there was something about the fact that the girlfriend it wasn't like her grandson who was there at the end it was yeah. the girlfriend and how how much care she showed her yeah. I thought like that whole relationship did feel like the second they they sang their first big love duet I literally said out loud they're gonna die um <laughs> But, and, and so we, I was expecting something sort of Romeo and Juliet-y and then the contemporary take on Romeo and Juliet obviously is very like, look at these dumb kids. That's not real love. And the movie was like very, no, these people genuinely love each other and it's a really good, healthy, lovely relationship. Mm -hmm. They're not going to freak, like, you know, they're not going to turn on each other or anything like that. And then in, when it came down to it, she was really there for what was essentially her mother-in-law figure. Mm. Um, in a really earnest way and she clearly meant a lot to her which I thought like really grounded those characters and gave them some development that the film in the actual timeline of the story didn't actually have time to do but they fleshed it out beautifully just filling in that backstory with sort of subtext yeah yeah and there are still they kind of sort of like, they were as happily ever after as zombies could be like they did <laughs> had their little pinky moment so <laughs> like Bittersweet, I suppose. Bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. I would say they, they were the thing that worked the best for me, other than I did like the songs in general. Um, but yeah. so, but that's me. I'm a big sidekick subplot kind of gal. I don't know. Show me a heroine, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> she was very like, very cool girl. Like she's very prototype. That's the yeah. a lot of the characters seemed very like. Not that I minded it. I feel like that's sort of what it was trying to do, which is fine. It's sort of like a parody of like that very stock high school musical kind of a thing. But yeah, no, it was, but yeah, they were very much, I wasn't super invested in the characters. Yeah. But, but it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was cute. Like I, I, I would say, I think that like if you're dealing with archetypes like that and they were, you're right, ex quite explicitly dealing with archetypes. I think that there is a fairly easy way to elevate that kind of thing. And they didn't really bother. Like, yeah. you know, no one was more interesting than any given participant in said archetype across pop culture. So I don't know. I just was looking for a surprise that I never got. There was the Santa surprise me at the end. <laughs> that in and of itself is more self-awareness. It it knows it could play that 
cheap jump scare card the whole time because it's a zombie film and it doesn't until the very end just to say yeah we knew we could have here it is um serious question i watched this movie two days ago or something i don't remember santa what what is santa so there's there was like I, I literally just finished watching this movie so there's at the very end there's a jump scare santa that pops out at the very end after they're having their lovely like this is not a hollywood ending thing and then jump scare yep. santa oh like the ribbon or something merry christmas oh, goes across the yeah, screen yeah, yeah. and then bah <laughs> right 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 yeah was it a a, a zombie or was it like a yep. okay it, it, so is our understanding the same zombie Santa as the zombie Santa we saw earlier in the film? Okay, so that's I important. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one was in the dark, and this one was in daylight. So, maybe is that a zombie thing? <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching Dracula on Netflix, and so I'm really in my head about like the difference. Like, can people survive in the dark? Who who's a big zombie person? Anyone know their zombie lore really well? No, I, I, I mean watch- out of zombies mm. like zombies mixed with something else like this one right i've I, I i liked pride and prejudice and zombies a lot that's like my only i don't really watch zombie things so i really don't know but i think they have to be beheaded but that's the only thing i know about them really but this one breaks that rule because the frosty uh, zombie is beheaded and the head is still alive oh yeah mm. well they said the rule explicitly in this one you have to destroy the yeah. brain yeah. and yeah. so frosty so like frosty zombie's body was probably not alive anymore but his brain was still intact. that would have been intact. See, that's what i would have done though is i would have done it so that when they severed the head from the body, they didn't actually kill anything. They've just created two different things that are going after them now. And so there's just a, and then throughout the rest of the movie, you see a severed head and also a headless body God. wandering around aimlessly coming for them. I think that would have been a funny sight gag. At this point, I'm going to say this film probably didn't have the largest budget. Okay, fine, fine. But you can't just do anything. I, I think it did extremely well within whatever I expect their limitations were. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I imagine it wouldn't have been a big budget and it didn't feel super small budget, which is, I guess, an achievement, especially when you're dealing with having to do recorded vocals and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they got Clive from the first episode of Doctor Who, who is the dad. So I'm like, hey, I recognize you. Okay. So, hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Clive. I was like, I care about you. (laughs) He was her dad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's a very good character to care about. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. I was—I so, recognized him, but I couldn't remember what from. Huh. Yeah. The the only character or actor I recognized was one of the fellows from Game of Thrones, who's um, the headmaster. Oh, him. He. God, I was playing this game the entire thing because he kind of sort of looks like a mixture of Gary Oldman and Ray Fiennes. I'm like, mm. <laughs> is he Gary Oldman? <laughs> Is he not Gary Oldman? <laughs> Can you imagine Maybe. Gary Oldman being in this movie? <laughs> I mean, they got Clive, so. Wow, well, and, he, and he's the hardest get, that Clive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't know anybody in this movie, I don't think, um, which oh. is rare for me. Um, but, but they, they yeah. all inhabit those characters extremely well. Like, yes, yeah. again, they're archetypes, but... Yeah. The acting across the board is pretty, is solid. Yeah, and the voices were good. I really liked the mean kid. Like, I thought he was... Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he was probably the standout actor for me, and he had a great voice. And But that's also an archetype I like, weirdly. 
Um, and I was expecting more from him, but uh, he, yeah, I found him very effective. I wasn't quite, I always, they, he sort of walked the line beautifully of suggesting that there might be more to him, which mm-hmm. I appreciated, especially if it's not really supported by the script to sort of do that like Oscar Isaac keeping the door open that Poe might be gay kind of thing, just like <laughs> yeah. helping the script along. Oh. Yeah. I also think that his character was came across really well in his solo song. Yeah. Like I think it 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 said more about his character acting wise than the other songs did. It's also yeah. a f- fun eighties power ballad. Like I oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> I like me an 80s power ballad. Did a good yeah. Job. And he got that little like one line reprise in there as yeah. if he had his own sort of hero's journey he was working his <laughs> yeah. way through. Which is, yeah. you know, I appreciate a, a reprise yeah. to bring the theme back to, oh yeah, everyone thinks they're the hero of their own story. It's nice. Yeah. yeah that worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, go ahead. And I was just wondering why fake Gary Oldman like, wasn't killed immediately. Like, when I he was didn't just, like, understand on any stage. Of <laughs> I mean, it's just because he's too dramatic. His beard is scaring them off. So, like, well, that was, it was like he struck a deal with them where he let them in and that yeah. spared him. But I don't understand. Like, zombies are not reasonable creatures, right? Like, you oh, can't... he did the scar thing. He did the scar in the hyenas thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, with the dead. <laughs> yeah. With the dead, like, I'm like, letting exactly... you go. And then the last minute, like. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly like, then he was live, killed long by... Long live the king, yeah. yeah. the hyenas. <laughs> I didn't understand the logistics of how his quote-unquote villainy, like how he struck this deal to let them in and they didn't kill him. I, and... I don't think he struck any deal. He just let them in and then blockaded himself in the office part. But then what, what would be his motivation for letting them in? That makes no sense. Because if he wasn't going to be in charge, he didn't care anymore. It was pure yeah. vengeance? Yeah, because yep. the people yep. were trying to leave. They were going to leave, and so he wanted to stop them. But why would he power? care if they leave? Because then he has the whole because school. He's the because he's only, because he he wants only become go. the headmaster that day, right? Like the yep. other headmaster was retiring. He was going to be, so it was, it was his first chance to lead, and he wasn't going to lose his subjects. So he decided to murder that, his subjects? That is the best way to put yep. it, his subjects. <laughs> that is that character right there. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand. So he, he, he didn't want them to defy him. So he let in zombies to kill them. Yes, huh? correct. Okay, whatever. Some that, folks <laughs> just want to watch the world burn. Okay, <laughs> don't bring him into this. One of the great villains of our time. Thank you. <laughs> uh, considering most, if not all of the other characters were weirdly grounded in a zombie Christmas musical, he was definitely the exception in terms of over the top and just villainy for villainy's sake. Yeah, which I never love. What, and it's funny that you'd need another villain in a zombie movie. I mean, I did <laughs> say I'm a maximalist and I always want more of everything, so I didn't mind there also being a villain, but it didn't seem strictly necessary. I would agree with that. And what was definitely not necessary was a song wherein he explained that he is the villain. <laughs> <laughs> that was not uh, important to me at all. Fun, <laughs> Considering that... Like, Oh, go for it. No, 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 no. I was just saying, like, he, he was enjoying himself, though, so I'm glad he had a fun time. Sure. <laughs> he reminded me of Palpatine in the oh. newest Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> where he's just having fun. Oh, and considering, considering the Game of Thrones guy is the big name of this film, maybe they give, gave him that uh, leeway yeah. of, you know what? 
yeah. do what you want. He, he's even bigger than Clive. He's so. bigger than Clive, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's no, okay. Yeah, maybe he was like a fairly big get for them. I don't know. Did anyone else know anybody else? Just Clive. No, just those two. Huh. Yeah, so maybe the Game of Thrones guy, like the villain really was a big get, so they... Um, who knows? The biggest name, other name behind this production would have been the person who wrote the original kind of short story. Yeah, because he died. He died of cancer, I think, in oh. his late 20s. And he was the guy behind the Ryan Goslin Eden serial uh, oh. thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so he passed away before he could make the feature and... Um, they oh, still went ahead okay. with the project. And that's actually yeah. why I think that Ryan Gosling uh, references in the film, where they talk oh. about, it doesn't matter if Ryan Gosling is alive or dead, oh, he'll be cool anyways. Know. It's just a nice little shout out. Oh, okay. Oh, it's all coming great. together now. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. <laughs> because I did notice, like, when the credits rolled, it was dedicated to him, and I'd noticed his yeah. name in the writing credits. Yeah. And, um, like, that doesn't happen very you know, The other example I can think of is Waitress, where the director died before the movie came out. Um, yeah. You don't generally see someone who, like, worked on the film. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's a very interesting story. I remember the zombie serial guy dying. I didn't know he made this movie, or this he wrote this story, but I do remember when he died, it was like the internet had a bit of a moment for him. Yeah. But um, I'm glad Going his out. movie got made, at least. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And that they wrote some good songs for it. Yeah, had some bops. I like, yeah. wasn't sad about it, like screwing. Yeah. yeah, I would absolutely download the soundtrack. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely would. I wouldn't watch the movie again, but I would download the soundtrack. <laughs> so, you know, halfway there. I might break it out yeah. at Christmas. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good. My family's big on the like, let's rewatch the same three Christmas movies every year. So yeah. I'm always looking for things that I can throw at them that are not uh, White Christmas, Love Actually, and God, the like black and white Christmas don't, Carol don't that they love. Elf. Die Hard? No, oh, see, that... we're not an Elf family. No Die Hard. No, we're a White <laughs> Christmas, Love Actually, Christmas Carol. I think that, oh, Miracle on 34th Street, but they only like the old one, not the like newer one with the young Matilda girl. Oh, come on, but uh, Richard Attenborough. A, what about yeah. It's a Wonderful Life? Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's our lie. like, that's, that's our big life. like Christmas Eve yeah. every year. This is, these are just the movies that they like, if there's a spare moment in December, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but no, It's a Wonderful Life is immovable, although every year I watch it, I get grumpier about that movie. <laughs> so I'm just, I, maybe I'm just not fun anymore, guys. I'm just like a oh. dark person. I'm, I'm willing to believe this, because I'm on the opposite end after I, I just walked into the theater and, and saw this. I had no background information when, I, when it came out. And after, afterwards, I'm like, this is, this is a new holiday staple for me. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Like, I can see this being fun if you're, like, making cookies. It's, like, one of those things to have on when I'm not really super thinking about it, but just, like, yeah. need something kind of, like, fun, silly to have on in the background. and Yeah, and then you can sing along. Like, yeah. a nice casual, yeah. 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 Um, and then there's just, like, a couple scenes where you're supposed to care deeply about the death of some guy. I want to call him Johnny. Yep. Um, and I was like, oh, good. We don't have to spend time with you anymore. <laughs> Which one's Johnny? He was the, the, sweater oh, the best friend. friend with the best. Love with oh. her. Blah, blah, blah. Best sweater ever. So, yeah, how do we feel about him turning the sweater back on as a zombie? Because I mean, was I delightful. Was, <laughs> I was kind of happy about that. I'm like, you're, you're 
taking the silver lining, like you're finding the things that make you zombie you happy and just yeah. like yeah. holding that in your pocket. Well, that's something this like movie does do. Kind disorder life. Yeah, that's something <laughs> this movie does do decently well is this idea that like zombies aren't necessarily sad. Like we tend to think of like, oh, you died, how sad. But the zombies in this movie are like oddly joyful. Like the couple finds each other again at the end. He turns yeah. on his sweater. Like, you know, he's fine. It's, he's living his life, I guess, his undead life. <laughs> They're very simple, just like some brains, like yeah. some shiny. It really gets sweaters. rid of all of life's real like noise and anxiety, right? It's just like single yeah. focus, get me some brains. That's it. Life moves a lot slower, which is a lot more relaxing. It's just, yeah. you know, that, maybe life's better as a zombie. Oh, God. <laughs> is that what this movie's about? I don't know. Merry oh, Christmas. God. <laughs> Good pandemic movie. It's not a Hollywood ending, guys, remember. Oh. But it is. They get away from the zombies and are driving away in this, like, nice, cute little road trip with, like, arguably the three best characters like they're fine except i know i like the couple better but like just, just the, <laughs> the path getting there was just a little different but that's not but the, it's not a hollywood ending. yeah it's not the ending it wasn't it was a hollywood ending i, like, I don't know what, what, what they say hollywood ending. they're driving to nowhere <laughs> where could they possibly be going are they trying to go to australia global yes so it's a yeah. global zombie pandemic yeah so they're okay that's true I think I, the, I, news, the news early on didn't sound like it, i'm trying to remember this, i've only seen this movie one time now but th like the news it reported in the first scene didn't make it sound like a local it, thing if justin yeah. bieber's a zombie this right. thing is global well, <laughs> yes. yeah. although you know what i was watching snl the other day to like record it because I record it every week and then just never get to it. And I watched the episode with him and RuPaul, and I think he might be a zombie. It's like he's still dancing, so he would have fit in here. Yeah. But he's got you know a little bit of an undead vibe, maybe. I wouldn't be that surprised. I think he'd maybe be one of the first to go with the zombies. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I'm not so sure. I mean, he may just be chilling. Because there was Robert Downey Jr. and then Zombie Rihanna, Zombie Beyonce, and Zombie Taylor. I was thinking of you. I was sad. I'm like, I'm glad Taylor wouldn't. It wouldn't happen to Taylor. Tay Tay's yeah. fine. Tay Tay's fine. Tay Tay's fine. Tay Tay's fine. It's very important. She's very resilient. That girl's been through a lot, and she's her, if she has any skills other than songwriting, it's standing up for herself. So she yeah. she would be okay. I would listen to the Taylor Swift album about the zombie outbreak. <laughs> I mean, it'd be sure. Yeah. It wouldn't be that different than um, Reputation, I don't think. Yeah. To be honest, it'd just be like dark and like just I don't know, weirdly aggressive and kind of out of place for her. But she's great at standing up for herself, and I appreciate that about her. Yeah. She gets what's due her. Wait, if the real if the if the old Taylor's dead, does that mean the new Taylor's a zombie? Oh, whoa! I don't even know. I think Susan solved it, and or blew it all up. Who knows? <laughs> oh. But that did actually have the one 
sort of real life coronavirus parallel of like, hey, Tom Hanks and Idris Elba are not zombies, but like. Yeah. Well, we talked about this last week. It all gets scary when the celebrities go down. Yeah. (laughs) It's real. Yeah. Uh, All right. Does anyone have any closing thoughts on the true masterpiece of uh, pandemic viewing that is Anna and the Apocalypse? Like, I'd have it on again if I'm making spaghetti. Specifically for spaghetti, though. Depending on the sauce. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. If it's a bloody sauce, I don't know. Yeah. I'm doing it. If I'm doing like a green pesto, that might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, how about you guys? I don't know. I think I think I would download the soundtrack and not watch the movie again is probably my big takeaway. Unless I'm really desperate for a, an alt Christmas film. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Phil's a diehard. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed it immensely. The one other thing that comes to mind is... I like the pathways the film didn't go down. Like it didn't get caught up in her having sex with that, with the hunter guy. It didn't get caught up in the character Steph being uh, in a relationship with a girl. Whereas I feel like a lesser movie might've focused on those aspects for those characters. Like, oh, everyone's talking about how she had sex with that guy. Oh, everyone's ostracizing this character because she's a lesbian. And this film, you know, it mentions it, those things, and then that's it. I did like, like they're that. just part of the character. I, I like a good throwaway inclusivity. What? Like this person's yeah. a lesbian, and it's not important to the story at all. at all. Just like it's not important that this character is not a lesbian. I do, I do appreciate that. I was not giving it credit for that because like I'm, it's 2020, and I like to take things for granted like that. But I guess I can't really. <laughs> maybe I just worry that films are still going to be like they were in the 90s, or early 2000s. Well, maybe because this, yeah, I think. But the, because the it's such a teen yeah. drama esque yeah. film. So I do think every other teenage character had an on-screen love interest. Oh, you know what? You might be right. Yeah, mm. because well, you had a you because you're you're main characters were a couple and then a like a love triangle yeah 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 Yeah, you're right the fact that we i maybe would have had her girlfriend die early on so that we had the emotional stakes i never felt like she was super integrated into the story um because it see her no we never met the girlfriend the girlfriend was just like she was on the other end of the phone but we didn't hear the other side of the phone call like we only heard her saying i thought because my parents were away we could spend the holidays together oh yeah yeah Um, i wouldn't have minded seeing her die to just like raise (laughs) the emotional stakes a little bit um and make us invest in that character because there's something interesting about um contrasting someone who loses their person really early with someone who's desperate to save their person in the main character and her father um because if you lose your person really early and she doesn't have a really good relationship with her parents so she's just fighting just for herself versus someone who's fighting to save a specific person there's an interesting contrast Although there for that steph character i'd say the point of her character is less her losing the girlfriend and more her gaining a group with mm-hmm. anna mm-hmm. and the group of friends and i think the chris character says at one point and it's bittersweet because he dies probably two seconds later like no matter what you have us yeah. And it's her becoming part of that group when she wasn't necessarily at the beginning of the film. Yeah. I was sad that he got attacked right after he figured out all the reindeer names. He was so happy. 
I did. I really liked him. He, him and the girlfriend. I don't remember yeah. their name. Steph and Chris. Is that right? No, Steph is the other one. Chris and John is the best friend who died as soon as he got yeah, the no, reindeer. Who cares about? Yeah. Uh, the couple was um, darn it, Chris and Lisa. 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 I liked Chris Lisa. and Lisa. Lisa was like, cute. Yeah, and Chris was the first person to really be nice to Steph and like reach out and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were nice. I yeah. liked them. So of course they died. <laughs> of course. But they're happier now. Yeah. She was sort of fun in like a Rachel Berry kind of way. Like, it was fun. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Annoying women who sing way? Just in a no, no, but just like, well, she had that was sort of her thing is she was like the like drama Star. queen with like the fake Santa baby song. Like Yes. Oh. It was it, <laughs> that song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and well, my favorite part might be the oblivious outgoing headmaster just happily clapping to the song <laughs> oh dear oh dear it's a film that makes you laugh mm, it's a film that makes you laugh <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> Okay, so we're going to call it there. Uh, tune in next time. for We're going to be doing Arrival, which, and then eventually we're going to get off of the theme of like pandemic, <laughs> tangentially Doom. related uh, dramas, or not necessarily dramas, but like dark, weird, we're all in quarantine things and move on to, you know, you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little bit of lighthearted fun at some point. But first, Arrival. Uh, so thanks so much, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.